The Last Word on Sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Mark Lawrence and Tony Cascarino start the last word in sport for us with our weekly football chat. And we will get to talk about Manchester City in detail in just a little while, but I'm going to indulge myself by starting with Leeds United, who were at home to Manchester United on Sunday after that highly entertaining two-all draw in the middle of the week. But Tony, there's an interesting question a lot of Leeds fans are asking now. Were they right to get rid of Jesse Marsh when they didn't have a replacement immediately ready for him? Always a tough one to answer, Matt, because, look, the hierarchy had decided to make a change. I'm sure they would have had, you know, potential managers and maybe had been given the nods up that it, heads up that it could happen for them. Um, but he clearly didn't, Matt. And, you know, this is this weird thing that when you have interim managers or coaches that step in and you get a response by their performance like they did in midweek, you sort of, the owners then feel like they take the foot off the pedal and think, well, that great draw, we'll just go ahead again this weekend. We're playing Man United back to back. And, you know, what we saw at Old Trafford was pretty extraordinary from Leeds, who got themselves a 2 0 lead. So it's a weird one, Matt. I, I, I find it very difficult because the manager market is so hard to call. If you look at lots of clubs, I mean, the book, bookmakers have a field day, Matt, on managers because. It's so rare, and clubs just go far, you know, far abroad, and they go, they go to places and sometimes different leagues that you have no suspicions. You know, gone are the days of the old, well, the old traditional manager. I mean, Sean Dice has just happened at Everton, but generally, the type of managers that used to be rumoured on every job, that is just not the case anymore, more, Matt. So, Mark, what do you think? Because it has the look of that Leeds were willing to stick by Jesse Marsh mm-hmm. and they invested a lot of money in the transfer window. But the performance against Nottingham Forest, which came as no surprise to some of us, the second half performance, you could say they were unlucky, should have scored a few in the first half, Matt. didn't. But do you think, were they, did they push the button too quickly? Or would that result against Manchester United have happened Wednesday night if he had still been in charge? Well, you know what? You should have been 4-0 up at half-time against Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Absolutely all day long. And so, but sorry, you it, could say that about a lot of matches this season. Well, yeah, of course you can. But it just shows you about the, 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 the fickleness of, of the league and, and the games. You know, absolutely. So, so, and they weren't half chances. They were outstanding chances. Pitting none went fell to, to Bamford. But, and so he had got a good result. I would have just kept with him. And the, the reason I being, know, Mark. Come on. No, I would. I would, Matt. I absolutely, totally would because I, I felt as though the tide was turning a little bit with him. And the, Matt, the performances haven't been that bad. All right, in the, in, the, in the second half against Forrest, they struggled to break Forrest down. They made Forrest look ordinary. And obviously, Forrest have done really well. Forrest are got, ordinary. Well, yeah. And got all the, got, they got all the results. No, 100%. And I wasn't a big fan of, of Ted Lasso, as, as you know. But I, I actually, after that Forest game, if I'd have been the chief exec or whoever makes the decisions, I'd have gone in the dressing room and said, guys, you know what I mean? You, put, you play like that regularly now towards the end of the season and there'll be nowhere near relegation. God, Tony, I thought actually watching the second-hand performance that we were doomed. And also, throughout the year, the amount of goals that they've given up. I mean, I know there were two goals, the equalisers for Manchester the other night at the other night. Rashford's goal, you could argue that Robin Cock could have done better defensively, but it was still a tremendous header from Rashford. 
they were up against a quality team. They conceded goals, but they defended way better than they had at any stage under Marsh. And they also looked to have a level of organisation that he didn't have, because everything with him was just chaos. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you've had chaos with Bielsa, Matt. I, sorry, it wasn't chaos with Bielsa. It was oh, planned. Man. It was I mean, beautiful. I mean, I, I, look, I've always been a Bielsa fan. You know that. I know. But, and, and Matt, you, but you can't have results like they did and, sh- you know, concede a shed load of goals. You can't. With, you know, there was chaos at times with Bielsa. And I've seen Bielsa's other teams he's had, from international teams to going to France with Lille and Marseille. There are times where you just you applaud Bielsa's way of playing, and there's other times you think, oh, this is ridiculous. This is just too aggressive in their style. And Leeds fans love that because you were a club that spent way too long in the championship. Yeah. And, and League One. Sorry? And League, and League one, one as well. Yes, Matt. And that, that, that he achieved such a big thing with Leeds to get them back to the Premier League. There is always Leeds fans that will come out and say the Bielsa days over the last two decades were the greatest of Leeds time at Ellen Road. So it's a real tough one, Matt. What I do see is that a Leeds team, I'm a bit like Mark, where I never thought they were that bad Leeds. I actually felt they were, had a structure to their team that sometimes a little bit too narrow. I think you can make that point. But generally, they, their finishing, Matt, has been as poor as any team in the Premier League this season. Mark, that point is really makes about being narrow because they have some actually really good wingers. And this young fellow, Nanto, looks like he's the real deal. And yet, well, everything was been bunched and sort of kick and rush in the middle. Yeah, no, it's chaos in the middle. Everybody's running everywhere. I mean, I mean, the closing, the closing team's down, but it's like watching kids in in, in the playground at times. That, that is, how do you pronounce? Is it Nonto? Yeah, Nonto. Yeah. So I mean, at the moment, Matt, he looks really good, but I'm not peeing on his chips at, at all. But like, let's wait. Let, let's wait and see. What, let's wait for next season. And, and by the way, next season is a big thing. If you think about they it, they have to leads. be in the Premier League for next season. That's well, no, still yeah, very listen. much in doubt, Mark. Oh, yeah, no. But my point is, my point is, when teams get promoted from the Championship to the Premier League, it's, if you stay the first year and it's great, the second season, Matt, is the most difficult one because everybody breathes a huge sigh of relief. Oh, we'll stay, we're in the league, we'll buy some players, we'll get better, we'll stay in the Premier League and it'll go on for ages. That, if, if you look at the number of teams in this, when they've stayed in the first year, Sheffield United, Matt, Sheffield United were brilliant, nothing short of, with what they had when they got promoted to the Premier League and that season. I, don't, I think they finished in the top 10, didn't they? Yeah, and they did. Sudden, and then they went down the failure. Now, this is Leeds' <laughs> third year in the Premier League, so we're expecting better. What about a new manager, Tony? Because it looks like Ernest Lott of Feyenoord has said no. Um, Marcelo Gallardo, the former River Plate manager, apparently has said no on the basis of he's not, he does, believes his English isn't good enough and he'd want to take over in the summer rather than taking over <laughs> mid-season. Now we have apparently Adoni Ira, Iraola of Real Vallecano and turned it down, but I'm hearing Tony in the last hour or so that apparently Leeds are willing to go in and pay up to 10 million quid to get him released from his contract. Mm. How important oh, is it for them to actually, or should they go for maybe, well, not a Sam Allardyce, not going to say that, no. but a, a Rafa Benitez and a Nuno Spirito no, Santo? Matt, no. no, Rafa. No, please. No, I don't want Rafa either. No, Matt, um, Rafa for me is, 
I, he's a strange manager, and Mark would know him far better than me. But Rafa's always been the one. He has, I mean, I've, I've, I've spoke to him privately after a press conference, and he tells you a completely different story to the story he just gave in the press conference. And I think that always caused issues. Newcastle fans didn't like Mike Ashley, and one of the reasons was added because I, I think it was compounded by the way that Rafa acted towards the press, local press in Newcastle. I, I don't think, Matt, Rafa would be a good fit for Leeds United. I really don't. No, and actually, Mark, you'd know him well, but I've only ever met him once, and the conversation I had with him, I came away thinking, my God, that's a guy with one big ego. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's a bit... Anti-football, isn't he? Um, yeah. And I, I, did I tell you a story about Stephen Gerrard very quickly when, when Stephen was at, obviously at Liverpool and Raf was a manager and Stephen was going away on international duty. They'd just won at home um, and he was called into the office after the match to see Rafa and Rafa gave him a, a CD and Stephen said, what's that? He said, just have a little look at that when you're away with England. Do you know what it was? It was all the mistakes he'd made in the games prior to the one he just played in. So that's Rafa. God, that's not exactly positive psychology. <laughs> what about the game on Sunday, Tony? Because Manchester United, I think, may have been surprised, particularly when they saw Chris Armas on the Leeds bench, given his reputation at United from last season isn't exactly great, that they had to put up to them a two-all draw. But would you anticipate that Manchester United will be better on what is also a smaller pitch at Allen Road? Yeah, I think they're, they're... I mean, I know they got beaten at Arsenal, Matt, uh, in the Premier League away from home, but I think they were side-suited to away football, um, the way they counter. Well, they really had well. won 13 in a row at Old Trafford before Leeds the other night. Yeah, I'm, Matt, they're, they're a much better team, and, and Casemiro obviously was missing. And um, will be missing. You know, Matt, the bottom line is, I can't believe the form of Marcus Rashford. It has been nothing short of phenomenal. Where has this come from, Matt, with a guy that was not clinical, that struggled to find a position for him, you know, looked like he was a squad player, and now he looks like they're, you know, a certain starter. Arguably be one of their best players. Well, where would you continue to play him? Is he better off down the middle as an out-and-out number nine, or is he better off out-wide coming in? I think in the middle, Matt. I mean, look, the left is what most people will play him on, but I think he can play the middle. I mean, seeing him get a header in midweek was like... Well, here's another one I've not seen from Rashford enough of. Headers. Um, I prefer him in the middle. I think because Fernandes plays that sort of in the pocket behind that 10 roll, I think that fits for Marcus. I don't think he has to get involved in the build-up so much. Um, and United are a dangerous side, Matt. They've improved a hell of a lot. And what they got now is, uh, is a side that just don't feel like they're going to cave in. They certainly look really good defensively. Um, so, yeah, uh, the, the, I can't believe the progression of certain players within that squad. OK, let's move on to Manchester City because Pep Guardiola was whinging today that Manchester City have already been sentenced. No, they haven't. There's no. a commission of inquiry, which I would have to say, and I said this to Miguel the other night when the story broke, Mark, I wouldn't mm. have an enormous degree of confidence that despite the seriousness of the charges that have been laid, that there will be an adequate punishment for the financial doping in which Manchester City have clearly mm. engaged, which has distorted competition, breached all fair play rules, and also looks like actually straightforward fraud. It does, but you know what will happen, don't you? Nothing. They'll, they'll get, yeah, well, they'll get a massive slap on the wrist and they'll, they'll pay X amount of millions, which is absolutely nothing to them. And, and you know, and I, I love that thing where somebody, somebody wrote in this column saying that, you know, loads of the Premier League 
managers and chief execs want them thrown out the league behave themselves. There's absolutely no chance of that happening. Might they get a points deduction that could lead to relegation? I mean, other leagues have done it, no. Mark. Juventus no. okay, Juventus have previously been relegated in Italy. They're in trouble again now. Uh, they've had a deduction of 15 points, which means they probably won't make the Champions League next year. The Italians at least seem willing to deal with it. Yeah, well, only, but only because Juventus have gone down the leagues as well. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that will happen to Manchester City what whatsoever, but there's something wrong with them on the pitch at the moment. Probably a little bit more important. They just do not look like the city of well, the first ten games of the season. And then, Tony, what do you think, Manchester City? Do you think their money, the lawyers that they will throw at this, will make sure that they don't get the punishment that they might be due? Yeah, it will drag on for a long time, Matt, and they'll have the best lawyers that they can get hold of, and obviously it will come at huge ex- expense. And look, Matt, I think the, the Premier League has also been a little bit wary of the government who want an independent regulator on football, and I, and I think the Premier League want to handle their own affairs. So, so they might go a little bit firmer on Man City than first thought. I played for Marseille, Matt, and when I was there... What the club got thrown in the, uh, the championship with the equivalent of League 2, which is the second division, Matt. Um, and I see firsthand that French football went after Marseille. And there was a lot of incidents that obviously, uh, over a period of a few years, that Bernard Tappy, who was the then owner of Marseille, French football just went for, it, went for him and went for the club and um, got relegated. And I was part of that team uh, when I joined. And it was a huge problem for Marseille because... They took years to recover and have never got back to the place of being the top team in France, even though they're the best supported, Matt. Didn't so, they actually have uh, a, a European Cup stripped from them? Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't, Matt. They didn't get the European no, Cup. No. They're the only French team that's ever won the Champions League. Um, but the, the problem is for, for, for everybody in, involved, I, I feel that everyone's just thinking that Man City will get that fine. I wouldn't be surprised if the Premier League go a bit harder on Man City than normal because of the regulator from the government, and they want to try and avoid that. So, look, it's a tough one, Matt, but one thing for sure, it's going to take a hell of a long time for a conclusion on this. Even though they've been at this for four and a half years at this stage, and they've been put through the ringer by Manchester City's legal uh, shenanigans Mm -hmm. in relation to it. And OK, there are listeners saying, this is not proven yet, they might be innocent of it. There's a pretty strong prima facie case has been laid. So let's take it that maybe if they are proven to be guilty... Should they be stripped of their titles, Mark? Because lots of other teams missed out, not just in winning the title, but missed out in European qualification and the rest of it, for playing by the rules, for not doing things like having shadow contracts to pay people secretly. And God knows what else they were up to with this financial um, doping. I would say, I would say no, because, I mean, it, it's, it's not the players' fault, Matt, is it? Yeah, but it's the f- players in the other clubs who got denied their opportunities, their titles, fans, you know. Yeah, well, I just, I just, I just think no, it's not, cheating. It's like it's like drug cheats. You know, it's financial doping rather than actually using performance enhancing drugs. If you're able to buy the best players and stockpile all the best squads, in the way that Chelsea seem to be doing at the moment as well, it destroys mm. competition. Mark. Well, uh, technically it does, but it's not with Chelsea, has it? So far. Well, it so, has in previous decades, but, Tony. You know, but, listen, well, can, well, can oh, Mark, sorry, Mark, you finished and bring Tony in. Right, just, you, you know, when I went to, an, uh, to Liverpool in, in 81, basically, if you looked at Liverpool over those years, they just bought, because they were in such a, a, a good position financially with the success, they just kept buying the best players. So we, we've had this before, but obviously it wasn't like Manchester City, but they were buying 
the best players. I'm not talking about myself. I'm you know everybody who came in there. Yeah, um, Matt, just a big. Pro- uh, I think it's different. You can strip titles. I think from individuals. You know, like Lance Armstrong, who's a cyclist, and you know, I think team. I think it's a. I'm not even sure I'd want to take a first prize if I was part of a team because, like Mark touched on, it's a difficult one. And look, in 1980s, everybody knew that Italian football was pretty corrupt, Matt, and and there was a lot going on in Italian football, as in finance as well. Um, I remember Liam Brady having a conversation with Liam and saying that when he joined Juventus, you know, they, he got six times more than Arsenal offered him. You know, they were clearly pushing budgets way beyond the normal. And I know financial fair play wasn't in there at that time, but that's exactly what Marseille did. Marseille was pushing the boat so far with their finances that they enabled them to win the Champions League. I, I find it very difficult, Matt. I wouldn't want to strip yeah, but clubs so totally, of their titles. English rugby did it with Saracens. When Saracens were found yeah. to have broken the wage caps, they stripped them of titles and relegated them. You have a situation with Manchester City as well where it looks like, and this is according to documents that were published in 2018, which UEFA investigated, and then UEFA backed off on saying statute of limitations nonsense. But it's quite mm. clear that you have sponsorship deals coming in from the owners, which are way over the odds. Like that, that they just do make absolutely no financial sense on the basis of the support that Manchester City has. Yeah, Matt, they, 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 they find loopholes and they exploit them, but some of them are not against the, the rules, the laws of the game, which obviously Chelsea have done in recent months with the way they're, they're using the contracts of long term. So it's a really difficult one, Matt, because these clubs find ideas. You know, could we say, could we say that the granny rule of Republic of Ireland that we, we, we yeah. had in place, that we enabled us to have a, an even better team with players with dual nationality? You know, things like that, Matt, you've got to be really careful because I do believe generally the game is very honest, but I think with regards to finance, there's always clubs who find ways, if they want the best player. I've got my deep suspicions about how Haaland ended up at Man City and the type of deal that's been given to him. Because every club in the world wanted him, but somehow Man City did. Did they pay way beyond the norm? How is his contract uh, structured? It's really difficult, Matt. And I'm, again... The point and, I'd and like then to the say, irony of that is, though, has it done them any good? Because people are now saying that actually having him in the team is actually, in somehow, despite all his goals, weakened them. Matt, Matt, Mark, yeah. In 1984, European Cup semi-final, um, Dundee United versus uh, Roma, and the referee in the return leg in Rome was was bought. 1973 European Cup winners cup final Leeds there against go, Leeds. AC Milan. Jimmy, Jimmy, good old Jimmy Armfield in charge. It was, it I don't was know. ridiculous. Don Revy was still in charge for that one. It was the 75 final <laughs> with Bayern Munich in the Parc de France where Leeds hey, were Matt, robbed of a Matt. legitimate goal and then lost 2-0. Beckenbauer saw that game out. You kicked really well everybody though, Matt. Sorry? You kicked everybody, your team, your 70s team. Should you be thrown out for kicking everybody? Remember what Brian Club said? Don't mind that. Don't mind that. Listen, we better finish up with a call. We better acknowledge the league leaders, Arsenal, because you were right, Mark, last week when you predicted they would lose at Everton and I scoffed at you and you were right. And then they got out of jail when Manchester City lost to Tottenham. What would you expect of Arsenal now? Will this game Brentford at home tomorrow before they have City midweek? They'll, They'll beat them. They'll be, I won't say they beat them comfortably, but they beat them. And I think with Brentford, as well as, they do, as they've done that, I can just see a little bit of a trailing off at the moment, which, which happens with these teams in the, 
in the Premier League. You go to the well so many times and the wells eventually get goes a little bit dry, but I, I see Arsenal winning. Okay, and then what about Newcastle, who maybe are finding it hard now to get the results at this stage? They're away to Bournemouth. Surely they'll take three points, Eddie Howe, against this old club, Tony. Yeah, Matt, and I, the one thing I've, you know, we've said all season, Matt, you've got to give a, a Newcastle a chance of actually going and getting three points because they defend so well. You know, they're a very big side. I think Callum Wilson going back to his former club as well. That's another big plus. Um, I don't see Newcastle in this type of game. Gary O'Reilly is certainly, uh, um, obviously, a Bournemouth. They've been really struggling since he's been... Gary O'Neill. Oh, Gary O'Neill, sorry. Gary O'Neill. Um, since he's been manager full-time, Matt, um, it's not been so good. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle just keep it rolling, Matt. They're a decent side. They really are. Tony Casgrain and Mark Lawrence, and thank you very much for indulging me this evening. The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.